There is a fine tradition of female singers who have made the successful transition to cinema, from Barbara Streisand and Queen Latifah to Diana Ross and Lady Gaga. And we can certainly include R&B goddess Mary J. Blige on that list. I'm Edith Bowman and you're listening to Soundtracking, a weekly podcast about film and television music with some of the most influential names in the business. Now, having sold over 80 million records, Mary has a string of impressive acting credits to her name too. She played Malcolm X's widow, Dr. Betty Shabazz, in Betty and Coretta and was nominated for an Oscar for her performance as matriarch Florence Jackson in the deeply moving period drama Mudbound. Mary is equally at home at the less serious end of the entertainment spectrum as demonstrated by her turns in Rock of Ages and The Umbrella Academy, which is available now on Netflix. And it's with The Umbrella Academy that we begin and composer Jeff Russo's main theme from the show. Now, I should say that we had some terrible static interference on the recording of this interview, which we genuinely think may have been caused by Mary's enormous and brilliant earrings. Now, we've tried to clean it up as best we can, but do forgive us as and when the quality occasionally dips below our usual high standards. start with you Mary Jo Blige. You tell me. <laughs> I'm going to start with um, the Umbrella Academy actually because okay. what is great is enjoying and being excited about this new chapter in your life that is taking this avenue down acting and seeing the choices that you make about what you want to attach yourself to and also seeing how you yeah how you challenge yourself as an actress. What was the appeal for Umbrella Academy for you and, and what I had to offer you? Umbrella Academy I chose this role because I you know, because I can get mudbound roles all day, all day, all day long. Yeah. And roles like Florence all day long. But I wanted to do something different so people could say, wow, she can do that as well. Yeah. So that was the reason for taking a role. What drew me to this character was the fact that she was completely different from anything I've ever done. Yeah. She knew how to fight, you know, um, hand-to-hand combat, something I've never done before. And always wanted to um, learn how to do it. And now you can? Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> she can shoot guns. And I know how to shoot all different types of guns now. And she was just exciting and mean and ugh, just something I really needed to play kind yeah. of a way. <laughs> is that part of the appeal almost of exploring something that is very different to yourself and learning something along the way, I think, as well? Is that part of the appeal? That's exactly it. And it's a challenge. Yeah. 
you know, anything that's a challenge is something that I want to do because I'm going to learn something from yeah. it. Yeah. I loved a couple of things that you said, which was um, that you, you don't want to do the same thing ever again. So you, once you've done, right. you know, a character or a mm-hmm. type of role, mm-hmm. you have to try something different. That's a great kind of, I like that mantra. It's yeah, good. I do. I, I'm, now, I would definitely play a mother again, you know, because yeah. that's in us as women. Yeah. It's easy to do. But I want to continue to expand and grow and learn mm-hmm. in the acting world. And the other thing that I heard you say as well was that you're not ready to play a singer, which I really liked as well. Why, mm-hmm. why do you feel that way? Well, because I'm trying to get people to look at me as an actress. When you tie singing to it, it's Mary J. Blige, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah. in time, I'll do it. I think people are ready now. They're yeah. ready for the singing now because I've proven myself that that doesn't mean I stop working and stop learning and growing, but I've proven myself as an actress and now maybe I'll play a Nina Simone or a Lena Horn or someone wow. of that caliber. I'm just putting it out there. Oh my God. You use <laughs> Nina Simone? That's just... Yeah. My God, that'd be amazing. That, that's that's a dream of mine. But you're in a position now because you are, you know, the, this incredible successful career that you've had as a, a musician, as a writer, as a producer as mm-hmm. well. And now in this world that that's something that you can make happen. Right. That's a nice position to be in. Yeah, I love for that to happen. <laughs> I, Anyone I, listen? <laughs> yeah, the, the challenge is learning French because she spoke fluent yeah. French and just learning how to play the piano and just being Nina. That's a dream of mine. Amazing. put a spell on you cause you're mine because it was quite spectacular it was incredibly moving wonderful performances subtle performances but they were incredibly powerful
I'm with Florence talking about that whole thing about playing someone who's a singer. You know, she was surrounded by music, really, with her husband and the church. And I love those scenes, you know, where, where the, the congregation are, are singing and stuff. But even then, she's a character. She's not giving it welly and stuff. And I wondered yeah. if that was something that you deliberately spoke to Dee about and said she needs to be quieter she's not this kind of gregarious person who's up the front of the church leading the choir sort of thing well was you know that? what's so genius about Dee that was never in the script at all like, yeah. like she didn't want Florence to sing she wrote Florence just like she was yeah you know there was a couple of people trying to say oh let's sit at the piano and have Florence singing and then I would say no yeah. I don't want Florence to sing yeah. because I want people to see Florence not Mary J. Blige being a housewife in the 40s, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take your cardigan off. But that, um, I mean, the wonderful thing, though, is that you, you did get to provide something beautiful for the song musically and that incredible performance you did as well. That I've seen it, you perform on, on numerous occasions, but did you write it specifically for the film? And, and yes, it was what, specifically for the film. At what point did you write it? And can you talk a little bit about creating the song? Well, it was after the movie was at Sundance. Wait, was it a Sundance show? No, it wasn't a Sundance show. Wow. Um, it was still in the early, early stages. So, yeah. of course, I had to get it, see it, and write from that perspective. No one had even seen it yet. Was it easy to write? Yeah, it was. It wrote itself. The movie is a song. Mighty River, it's a topic that speaks about everything. We need a, con a consistent flow of love, and that's what we needed to see in the movie. And it was like what she was asking for you know a mighty river of love to come through and stop all you know the racism and stop all the unfairness so yeah it was written based on what the movie looked like and felt like yeah life is a teacher time is a healer and i'm a believer like a river wild equals a killer Greed is a monster, but love is stronger, stronger than them all. Who I can have, I don't want to fight. No lines in the sun, I'm on your side. Invisible, no color line. We put our, put our, put our differences aside. Time tells no lies. It keeps changing and ticking and moving, then passes by. But if you're lucky, it will be kind, like a river flowing.
someone asked you why you think Dee asked you to play Florence and she'd seen you in concert and she saw this wonderful strength but quiet but explosion almost those three things in this performance and very much what she saw Florence be it. Right. I didn't even know she was. No, she did. I invited her to my concert. That's right. And when I got the script, I'd forgotten that Dee had come to the concert mm. and she wrote Florence based on my personality. So I was like, wow. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't realize that she was written specifically. That's amazing. Yeah. I loved as well hearing you talk about what's the 411 and talking about how at the beginning all these people pulling together for you, you know, in the making of that album and all these people saw something in you and they really wanted to support you and encourage you and help you. And I wondered if it was similar with the acting in terms of you have this kind of rallying round of, of your peers to kind of help and encourage and inspire yeah. you. I mean, it's so much love. Tasha Smith, who's an actress, she's my also my acting coach. Oh, wow. Angela Bassett, she supports me as well. We get together, we all hang out. And Queen Latifah, she, you know, is my sister, my friend. She encouraged me as I'm doing. Taraji, the same thing, my sister, my friend. So I've always had support yeah. because I genuinely respect who they are. And I love them and, and they give me the same thing back. I mean, it's a very different thing from hearing you talk in terms of you're a performer on stage. You're not being someone else, you're being yourself. Well, the acting is kind of the same because the transferring of emotions mm. into lyrics, it just can't be empty. You have to fill it with something living. What I do, I speak for myself. I take something living, whether it be good or bad in my life. And, you know, I think about, does this person have children? What's the backstory on this person? And you have to build a life for them, but you can't build a life of a heartbeat and the heartbeat is the thoughts that you transfer that energy into cha-cha yeah <laughs> and make her really bad with the really bad thoughts and see how her face looked all the time see what i just look like <laughs> now? those little thoughts right there just, she's gonna please don't go there i, I gave cha-cha and then florence i gave florence this hurts that we're going through what we're yeah. going through and this is not fair but we're going to get through it that's what i was dealing with when i was coming out of my divorce yeah i was like this hurts and it's not fair but i'm going to get out of this and I'm going to love my family through this and my family was myself and my real family and that's what I put in Florence When you were kind of thinking about how you were going to play Florence, how you were going to find her, did music form any part of that in terms of the music of that time as well? Obviously, a lot of gospel around at that point and people like, you know, Billie Holiday having really successful careers and brilliantly fighting against this terrible kind of situation that she was under. You know, they passed around music for us to listen to, but yeah. I never listened to it to build Florence. I just had Florence in my DNA. My grandmother course, was Florence. Yeah. My aunts were Florence because <laughs> yeah. they're all Southern women. Like my family is from the South, although I'm, you know, from New York. Yeah. My family's Southern. So, and I, I know Southern women. So music. You didn't need it. No, I didn't need it. You had the connection there already. With yeah. It. Can I talk a little bit about growing up? 
and watching films sure. and what you remember of what films you remember seeing as a, a kid growing up in, in New York if you did go to the cinema and the things that really resonated with you. <laughs> this is going to be funny. <laughs> when I was a kid and I went to the cinema, I saw things like Bambi. Yeah, same. <laughs> Bambi was beautiful. The music, everything about Bambi, the colors of, of the Walt Disney cartoons. I watch them to this day because they're so beautiful. And then we went to another theater called RKO to go see the Bruce Lee films, like Into the Dragon. And yeah. So it was about cartoons and martial arts <laughs> films. <laughs> it's a really bizarre mixture, it, but it, I like it. Yeah. Throughout your life that have resonated with you when the music's been a really important part to it. I remember being a kid in a little Scottish village and my mum showed me Lady Sings the Blues, right. Diana Ross. Yeah. And that film, about something across the other side of the world that I wasn't really aware of, it really stayed with me and stuck with me and I'm glad that it introduced me to that story. And I was able to learn from that. And the music obviously within that is so important. Diana Ross's performance is incredible. Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. Yes. Yes, that's me. I'm Detective Hannon, New York City Police Department, Narcotics Division. We got a warrant for your arrest. What's going on? We got to take you in. What the hell's going on? Taking her in. if for you there were certain films where the music was a really important part of the film that really stuck with you and that, oh that resonate with you. you. Have, I'm start with Claudine. Claudine, you know, the single mother with like the six kids. Gladys Knight. I'm getting goosebumps and about to tear up now because that soundtrack is incredible. It fit the movie so perfect. You just felt all the pain. Every song was perfect for every scenario. To be invisible will be my claim to fame. A girl with no name. That way I won't have to feel the pain. Indispensable. Just a plain old human being Today don't mean a thing In a world that's so mean A world that seems not for me So privately 
If you know what I mean I won't even have to be here on the scene It's so ridiculous But the sky man of bliss Go right on through Right on through meant to have missed All the things that hurt your soul No one would ever know No, 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 they Life's never know Life's so preciously Just don't, Just seem, don't to seem to me As free as they claim That soundtrack today, like I have to go download that soundtrack. <laughs> and then you have Superfly. Oh yeah. Come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really clever thing and you've been involved you know over a number of films where you've provided music for them Mudbound obviously we talked about but Waiting Takes Hell you, you, you wrote a song for as well and that's something that you've done a, along the way so you've always had this wonderful pool and connection with the visual image and film right yeah it's been a nice thing to be part of have, have you enjoyed that side of it of creating music for film I love it I love to see a video come to life it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. Because the music is a story. Yeah. And if you can put the visual together, yeah. like the story is telling in the music. It's a little short film, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, see, I was at MTV um, around the time that you released No More Drama. You were just part of my start in this whole industry. And, and your videos as well were, were amazing. Have you got favorite ones? No More Drama is definitely one of them.
I believe your child. Yeah. Because we told the story exactly what the, how the song was singing it. Yeah. The child. And I played the woman that he was having the affair with mm-hmm. and the woman that, you know, was like, what's up, you know, like <laughs> yeah. me being both things. Yes. I'm sorry. playing characters you're you're getting into that world already even when you were making your music videos yeah that's right yeah it was when you go into music industry and it's an amazingly successful career but making that decision to start acting which is something you've done for a while you know in terms of starting off way back at what point did you not talk to yourself but make that decision to yourself that it was something you were going to pursue and it was a career choice well my first gig was the jamie fox show yeah (laughs) where i played a singer named ola may <laughs> and she that was a preacher's daughter, is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the Isley's brothers' daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. That was fun. And then I got a, a role for a movie called Prison Song. Yeah. And I did the soundtrack for that. I sang it and the whole thing. And it was fun, but it was like, oh, I don't ever want to see it again. But people were like, it's great. <laughs> That's, you know, how you feel about everything. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> and then I got Strong Medicine and Ghost Whispers and all these other little shows in the middle. And then Rock of Ages came. Yeah. And it was a big singing thing. So it was never a disconnection from the singing and the acting. So in this, I was Mary J. Blige singing, which I didn't want yeah. that to happen, but it was a great opportunity, so I took it, and it was a lear- another learning curve. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any way you want it. She loves to laugh. She loves to sing. She does everything. She loves to move. She loves to groove.
so after that, I did. I can do that all by myself. Before so that, that, yeah. So that was that was some acting with Taraji. Yeah, he Henson. You know, watching her and learning her. And I forgot about <laughs> Betty and Coretta on the Lifetime. I'm about channel. to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. With Angela Bassett. That's right. Where you did some some heavy acting. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. You forgetting about all the stuff that you've done. I mean, that was amazing. You know, playing Malcolm X's widow, a meaty mm-hmm. and really serious role to take on board. That was another challenge, right yeah. there playing someone that important yeah and wanting to nail it and give her the respect that she deserves as a woman an activist you know that was a challenge that was a challenge being betty but i gave a hundred percent and everyone said i did great and that's all i can do and that was um the beginning of the seriousness of it all and then i got really serious and i moved to la <laughs> wow proper that's it i'm in la this is what i'm gonna do right and then mudbound came and i went hard yeah. Hard for it. I loved as well when you were asked about um, certain actors, and Frank Sinatra is one that you mentioned because mm-hmm. someone obviously is known as being a singer, but as an actor from here to eternity is amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't know he was that amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Angela Bassett, you mentioned as well, and Meryl Streep. What is it about those two women? Okay, let me let me just go on set with Angela Bassett when we were doing Betty and Coretta. I watched this woman turn into like. Her face, like her head moved a certain way. Her eyes did something and she was Coretta. Like I forgot what Tina Turner looked like watching What's Love Got to Do With It. Yeah. I thought Angela Bassett was Tina Turner for a while. (laughs) And Mel Streep, like she could just do anything. Like if you look at the movie Doubt and then you think of The Devil Wears Prada or, or, you know, the comedy, um, Mamma Mia. Death Becomes Her. Yeah. And all the other movies that she's done, it's just like when she played the um, Russian accent, you know, like she just can... Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. She oh, my just, God. She, yeah. She just... Mel Streep is amazing. And these are the two inspirations. I one day want to be great like them. There's so many amazing... There are. All these women are amazing out here. And know? it's great to see as well, like hearing you talk about that you, you watch and you learn with every project that you're involved in and, and it was great on those scenes where you and Carrie Mulligan were together in Mudbound to see beautiful scenes thank you yeah I was learning from her too I was I was nervous and she was saying she was nervous and I was like I, I can't believe you're nervous but I'm just going <laughs> to study you anyway because that's what I do I'm just going to watch everything you do yeah so I can learn more <clears throat> what's next I don't know I know right now I'm singing and acting, so that's what it is right now. Is it easy to keep the two things, you know, functioning and running? Yes. Great. I'm committed Great. to both of them. <laughs> Great. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to chat to you, Mary. Thank, Thank you for you. your time, and um, I can't wait to see what's next. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You.
from Jeff Russo's score to the Umbrella Academy, that's Hazel and Chacha. Or in other words, Mary J. Blige's theme from the show, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with a Singer and Actress. My huge thanks to Mary for taking the time to talk to us both. The Umbrella Academy and Mudbound are Netflix originals and available to watch now. We'll compile Apple and Spotify playlists for this show featuring the music we play in the order it appears and we'll post links to those playlists on our socials. If you're not following us already, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. Head to iTunes or edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes and do please subscribe whilst you're there. Next up, our musician and now composer, James Wrighton, formerly of the Claxons, and comedian, now director, Simon Amstow, talking about working on his new film, which is quite brilliant, and it's called Benjamin. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Mm-hmm.